Do you have a favorite holiday? <laughs> Christmas. I can't believe you said that right to my face. <laughs> Halloween is not your favorite holiday? I love Halloween a lot. I'm starting a spooky arm tattoo theme. But my dad's a storyteller. He always played Santa. My great-grandmother, like the nostalgia of it, we'd always put like the tinsel on a real tree. Mm-hmm. Like we'd all just get together and bake things like... I still, with my great aunt, make like 900 cookies every year to give out to people. Oh my God. And she makes like eight Oh, I feel like I remember that from last year. Cakes. Yeah. Okay, but do you know that my birthday is on Halloween? Yeah, I do. And I'm, I'm going to celebrate. Okay. I'll just, I'm just making sure. <laughs> You're going to be celebrated. <laughs> You're my favorite holiday, Megan. Oh my God. <laughs> that was so smooth. Um, yeah, so Halloween clearly is my favorite holiday. Obviously. I love it. I do love Christmas, though, because of all the grandmother stuff that you said. My yeah. my granny totally made Christmas amazing. If Christmas isn't nostalgic, like, I want all the vintage, like, mm-hmm. retro things. Mm-hmm. I don't want all the new, like, hip no. things. Give me all the old stuff. Can you imagine how much fun we're going to have decorating the Christ- the coffee shop in Christmas? No, I can't. I'll it's going to be at Christmas. I'm going to lose my mind. Um <laughs> I think thanks for letting me be a part of all the things that you do. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I not any other way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited to do, I guess this is coming out on the 30th. So tomorrow will be Halloween and we're doing a double feature for you today. So, so excited. I'm going to tell you a story and then Kara's going to tell you a story. Yep. It's going to be great. So it's going to be a longer episode today. Feel free to buckle up. Yeah. Feel free to buckle up. Listen to us on the way to work. And home from work, on your breaks, or just if you're hanging out at home, just listen to us. Yeah. Just do it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and as a reminder, because I think I forgot to say this last episode, all of our sources, you can always find them in the episode notes. So Yeah. It's a lot to read off. Yeah. There's just too many. I don't want to like sit here forever. All your websites. All right. So, you know how last week I talked about the girl who disappeared into thin air? Yes. This is another one of those. Oh, my God. It's a Halloween one because she disappeared after going to a Halloween party. Oh. This is a story I wasn't familiar with, and I listened to a million true crime podcasts. Yeah. So. I'm excited about this I, one. I thought the fact that I'd never heard of this one, it made me want to tell it even more because. <laughs> Everybody needs to know. And you do. Because what if somebody knows something? I don't know. You know, we're going to solve somebody it. Somebody knows something. All right. That's another good podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, in 2001, Cindy Song was a 21-year-old ju- uh, senior at Penn State. She was majoring in art. She was going to graduate the following spring. She lived in an off-campus apartment in State College, Pennsylvania, and worked two part-time jobs, both at restaurants. Wow. So, on Halloween night, Cindy and two of her friends went to a costume party at a popular college bar called Players Nightclub, which I was immediately rolled my eyes so hard (laughs) at that. I was like, Players Nightclub? Please. (laughs) Cindy dressed up as a bunny. She had on bunny ears, a pink t-shirt with a bunny logo on it, a white tennis skirt with a tail attached, sheer stockings, brown suede knee-high boots, and a red hooded parka. Her friends made a point to say it was a very cute outfit, not like a sexy bunny outfit. Okay. Do you want to talk for a second about some of our Halloween costumes we had? Oh my God. (laughs) In college? I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> just asking if you have uh, fun Half of the time, I really just acted like I was just one of those people waking up and I just wore my boyfriend's <laughs> button up and old makeup from the night before. <laughs> so you're 
<laughs> you were a zombie. We were busy. Sort of. <laughs> doing things. Doing things. <laughs> so, I think because us? my birthday is on Halloween, oh, you look like, I dress up every year. I still dress up every year. I'm going to be a witch this year. Do I dress up next week for our recordings? Yes. Okay. We'll put it on Instagram. Yes. But I obviously was trying to think. I never wanted to be... Any of those, like, super sexy costumes I yeah. felt ridiculous in. Yeah. And I, did, I never liked being, like, the center of attention. So I didn't want to be anything like that. Right. But I also didn't want to go too hard. It's like, there is, it's hard to find a middle ground it as really a girl, is. you guys. Like, there's either, you go sexy or you go, like, Potato super. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're just Probably wearing not. a onesie. I always tried to find that middle of the road costume, yes. I guess. And I would try to go for more funny than anything else. Oh, that's funny, funny, but still looking cute. Yeah. That was my thing. Like corn cob? More yeah. Corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> like a corn cob. That's exactly what <laughs> Okay. So, so her, pan- her friends made a point. I really love, there's many times throughout this story that you're, that you're going to hear her friends kind of come to her defense about things. And that was one of them where they're like, hey, she wasn't dressed in, you know, it was this cute bunny costume. Yeah. Also, it doesn't matter what you wear. I think Halloween's a great excuse. If you don't get to ever dress up and be sexy and you now you have a good yeah. excuse to, go for it. Do it. Um, it's just that what later happens, It, it I, I understand why they wanted to be like, she wasn't dressed as a sexy bunny. It was just... Uh, also, look somewhere else if you're going to, like, accuse me of dressing too sexy so you um, had to do something. Mm-hmm. You had to act mm-hmm. on it. No, I can't. <laughs> No, I like it. We can do a whole episode about how mad I get when people are like, well, what was she wearing? Uh-huh. What did she do? Oh, God. So the three girls partied at the club until 2 a.m. on November 1st. And then they drove through downtown, stopped at a friend's apartment. Stopped at a Sonic and got some cheese. <laughs> yeah. Went through the Crystal Burger. <laughs> and they stayed there and played video games for a couple hours. I love that. Oh, yeah. So good. A little Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in college, my roommate and her boyfriend and I... We would get the Resident Evil games, and it was like, we'd start on a Thursday night, skip school Friday. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, you didn't sleep for the next 72 hours till we beat that game. Yeah. It was in- it was intense. Yeah. yeah. So, loved it. So, then they um, they played video games for a couple hours. Then one of the friends took Cindy home at 4 a.m. She dropped Cindy off, but didn't stay long enough. She didn't, like, watch to make sure Cindy got into the mm-hmm. apartment safely. And that's the last time. That's the last confirmed sighting of Cindy's song. Huh. Her friend drops her off. And then another Right. So Cindy's roommate had been visiting family in Philadelphia, and she returned home later that day on November 1st. The apartment was locked. Nothing looked out of the ordinary, but Cindy wasn't there. Cindy had a busy schedule. She had a full class load, two part-time jobs, just typical yeah, she was busy. college student stuff. Yeah, studying, working, partying. Yeah. So it wasn't weird for her friends to go a few days without yeah. seeing each other, you know? Plus, she lived off campus. But when she didn't show up for one of her jobs and no one could reach her... Then her friends got worried because that was just really unlike her. Yeah. So they reported her missing on November 4th, which was three days after anyone had contact with her. Investigators searched her apartment and they found no signs of struggle or forced entry. Cindy did make it into her apartment that night because the fake eyelashes she was wearing were on the bathroom counter. Her backpack and her phone were there. Those things get itchy. You got uh, to I, I can't do fake eyelashes. Like, I just... They're so itchy. They just bother me. They're so fun. Yeah. I mean, I oh, love yeah. Them, but they're... I can't wear them. The only thing that was missing was her purse, and that had her driver's license, keys, and credit cards. She had locked the door after herself when she left, so it made it seem like she'd left voluntarily. Yeah. Phone records show there were no calls to or from her phone after she was dropped off, and they also checked her emails. There was nothing concerning there either. Hmm. 
There was a 24-hour convenience store right down the road from her apartment. And she was known to walk there at, like, odd hours. Like, it wouldn't have been unusual in the middle of the yeah. night for her to just walk down this this 24-hour yeah. store. So, the theory is that she made a trip there and thinking she would just be there and back real quick. Right. Which is why she didn't even take her phone. Oh. I still think it's real weird. And maybe it's because, let's see, when did this happen? 2001? I mean, so that's been 19 years ago. Like, yeah, the way we live now, where so you just, yeah, like, it's like, where's my phone? Like, yeah. Um, Can't walk out the door. Like, I think you, it's so different from back then. When you do your checklist, you're like, okay, keys, phone, yeah. purse. I just realized, too, we're the same age again. Oh, my God. 2001, I would have been 21 years old also. So <laughs> I just keep picking these cases of these girls who are like, <laughs> it could have been not me. sleeping at night. This <laughs> <laughs> may be why I've stopped sleeping. <laughs> I, I remember in college not taking, you didn't, it wasn't like a smartphone. There wasn't a reason that you had to have your phone with you all the your time. Your whole Razor phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The flip phone. <laughs> the Nokia that like oh, weighs, yeah. you know, 10 pounds. You can't put that in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> There's no footage of her at that mart, that little 24-hour mart, and there's no activity on her credit cards. But again, when I was in college, I would get up in the middle of the night and, like, I would sometimes drive home to Lancaster at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just, I just needed to go home. I would just wake up and be like, I don't want to be here. And I go home. True. And all sorts of weird stuff. Or I'd be at somebody's house playing video games till 3 o'clock in the morning and drive home. Same. And you'd park somewhere on campus and have to walk to your door. Yeah. And it's like, do you ever just think about the stupid stuff you did in college and just like marvel at the fact that oh, you're yeah. alive? Yeah. Random rides I accepted from people I barely, barely knew. knew. Yeah. You know, you met them at the bar. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go with them to another party. Yeah. You don't know these people. No. They could have murdered you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or they could have just killed you driving drunk. I text my college roommate sometimes just to be like, it's just amazing that we're still alive sometimes. You ever just think about, remember this thing we did? Remember that one time? <laughs> and we're alive. We we're, did it. We're doing We're 40 it. now. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> so police read her diary. No. Just, yeah. I guess they had to. Yeah. And she'd written about experimenting with ecstasy and marijuana. So that made them start wondering if drugs were involved. And her friends were like, no, it's it ecstasy just, and marijuana yeah, and we're calling it Yeah, it's normal. And there's no evidence that any of them had taken any drugs that night of the party. Okay. So just that's normal. Yeah. That's normal college drugs. Yeah. Investigators also took a look at Cindy's mental state. She'd been through a big breakup with her boyfriend. He's the reason she'd moved off campus because he was living with her at first. Oh. So they'd been sharing that apartment together, but he broke up with her and moved out a month before she disappeared. So some people wondered if she took her own life or ran away um, because of the heartache. But her friends, again, were like, no, she's just a she's doing fine. Yeah. yeah. And there were things that she had coming up, like there were Britney Spears contact uh, concert tickets at her apartment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We were just talking about We literally were. We're just talking about guys we're all worried a little concerned listen if you're the kind of person who's going to look at britney spears and make fun of her right now check yourself stop and think about like she's not a joke there's something wrong okay that's all i have to say something's happening i have to interrupt with my soapbox moments and that's one of them. it's fine it's fine <laughs> i can't remember what my soapbox was the last episode but this this time it's britney here spears. we are don't be mean to britney spears i feel really i'm really worried i'm really I'm concerned about her well-being uh I wish she would get off Instagram, but also I think Instagram might be like her only saving grace. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, she had these Britney Spears, like she had things coming up she was excited about. Right. So it's weird that she, if she would suddenly choose to leave. Also back then, like at that time, can you imagine like being so excited about those tickets? Mm. Yeah. Britney Spears in 2001? Heck yeah. That was like 
That was it. One of the first leads after she disappeared was an eyewitness who claimed to have seen a woman matching Cindy's description in Philadelphia's Chinatown district. She said the woman was in a car with a man who was calling out for help. The witness approached the car and the man told her to get lost. Police quickly jumped into this lead and I got really stressed when I read this part because I was thinking about just human trafficking and I was like, oh God. Oh yeah. So police quickly jumped onto this lead and tried to find the man the witness described, but they were unable to do so. The woman's story changed a few times and eventually they just dropped the lead because they weren't sure it was genuine. Mm. Later, the investigator on the case said he doesn't know that it was a hoax. Like, he's not saying the woman didn't see, or the, or the right. eyewitness didn't see a right. woman. But they were able to determine that it wasn't Sydney. Uh, Cindy. Right. But I'm like, but how were you able? Like, if yeah. no one ever saw her again, but I'm sure this is, this is probably some stuff they're holding back. Yeah. So yeah. They just, it's still an open case. I guess. They ruled that one out. Yeah. Um, in addition to following this lead, they did put together some searches for Cindy in the area just after her disappearance. So Cindy was originally from South Korea. She'd moved to the United States in 1995 to live with her aunt and uncle um, when she was 15. And after graduating high school, she went on to Penn State. So shortly after her disappearance, her parents flew in from South Korea and cleaned out her apartment. Oh effectively contaminating any further evidence that police may yeah. have been able to find throughout their investigation. But the thing is, like, they say that, but also when I read other articles, like, police gave them access to the apartment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it was that big of a deal and you didn't want them to clear stuff out, they should have made it a crime scene. Right. There was a lot of conflict between the family and the police department. Just the family was really critical of the investigation and, and it became real ugly. Like, eventually the police department cut off contact with the family. Oh. That sounds pretty shitty. Yeah. In addition, there was, this is just a random sidebar that I wanted to tell you guys, because I feel like some of you are going to want to go Google it. There was a short period of time in which police departments from Minnesota and Wisconsin were investigating a possible connection between Cindy's case and the disappearances of four other college students who went missing around Halloween in 2002, so the next year. Mm -hmm. And they all went missing after attending Halloween parties. I'm going to mispronounce these names. Joshua Guimond, Erica Dahlquist, Chris Jenkins, and Michael Knoll. I think you got, you nailed Chris Jenkins. I think you did. Chris Jenkins, I got that one. I was (laughs) a little unsure. I think you got it. No connection was found. (laughs) So if you guys want to go Google those names, because I... I wanted to, but I was like, I just don't have time. I have to stick to the story. Can't jump in it. (laughs) So there's just another Halloween (laughs) disappearance. Then we end up with, this is where we are now. This is the main lead that seems the most promising in the story. In June 2003, a career criminal named Paul Weekly was facing a felony burglary charge. In order to reduce his own sentence, he decided to become a police informant. And he had a huge story. Oh. So... At what point are they like, you know what, we're just gonna, everything that you did, we're gonna forget about for a bit, and we're just gonna make you, like, a part of our team here. Yeah. <laughs> just wait till you hear the story. Yes, oh, God. Right. You're gonna be like... Oh, God. So, buckle up, kids. <laughs> buckle up. There's a lot kid. of names and timelines in this story. It's super annoying. I understand that. I read... It has to happen. I read so many articles trying to work out exactly what Paul's story is. <laughs> trying to line all of it up so I could tell it to you in the least confusing way. I still don't know if I got it, but here we're we still confused. <laughs> I mean, I had to fill in the blanks in a oh. lot of ways. So I had to keep looking. So yeah, which just led to me finding more, you know, right. <laughs> just like, I'm so sorry. Here we go. Paul weekly, who is the informant. He mm-hmm. told police that um, two men named Hugo Selinski and Michael Krakowski, because oh. nobody can have these Mike names. Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Mike <laughs> Wazowski had abducted Cindy from State College. They had seen her walking that night, thought she was a prostitute. He said the two men took her to Hugo's house and kept her in a walk-in safe. <gasps> what? Over the next few days, they assaulted the woman and, in quotation marks, had their way with her, a leaving her to die safe? when they were finished. So, I hate I hate that whole paragraph. What are they doing with a walk-in safe in their house? Well, listen, 
this whole Hugo Solinsky business gets crazy. Oh, what? So it's his house. He had to walk and save. That's when he kept her and left her to die. Awful. I hate it. Yeah. Paul stressed. I I don't have any firsthand information. It wasn't me. I was involved. But he knows everything about it. All I know is what Solinsky told me. Hmm. Michael Krakowski, every single time, it's going to go with my head, (laughs) was a pharmacist who had actually been reported missing about a year before Paul told this story. Krakowski had pled guilty to running a prescription drug ring that netted at least $800,000. Of course he did. Yes. He was about to be sentenced when he and his girlfriend, Tammy Fassett, suddenly vanished in May 2002. Was Tammy the one giving the college students the drugs? I don't know. I don't. Are we telling it? Nothing I read said I'm starting that conspiracy. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't want to say anything bad about her because nothing I read. Oh, dang. Okay, seemed, I take it back. Yeah, take it back. Because I think she was, I mean, she did have a boyfriend who was a bad dude. It's she fine. probably benefited from all his yeah, shady Yeah, he took her shopping all the time. Okay. Who knows? But maybe she didn't know how he was, he was getting Maybe she just thought, he's a pharmacist. He makes a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know. So they had vanished. Paul claimed that Hugo had actually killed Michael because supposedly Michael kept Cindy's bunny's ears as a trophy and Hugo didn't like that. So he told investigators that Hugo was actually responsible for the death of at least 16 people. My God. He then led investigators to Solinsky's property where five bodies were located. (gasps) And two of those bodies found buried on the property belonged to Michael and Tammy. So when they vanished, it's because he had killed them. Oh. So Paul Weekly knew Hugo Solinsky because they'd been in prison together in the 90s. Paul told (laughs) jurors that he and Solinsky... I'm so sorry for all these names. Wazowski. He and Zelensky <laughs> had plotted to kill Kurkowski. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Weekly said Kurkowski, who was beaten with a rolling pin, told them where to what? find his hidden bags of cash. And he said Kurkowski's girlfriend, Tammy, she was just killed because she was there when they showed up. Oh, dang. Isn't that awful? Like, she was just there. She was just there. Don't have shady boyfriends. Don't do it. After the killing, Zelensky stole tens of thousands of more dollars that Kurkowski had given to his father for safekeeping. He pointed a gun at the father and threatened him. Oh, my God. After digging around the property, a total of 12 bodies had been discovered. How big was this property? Uh, Big enough for 12 bodies. (laughs) And the bodies that had been identified all seemed to be drug dealers of some sort. Mm. None of the remains on Hugo's property matched Cindy. But that could be because he had moved to this place a few months after she went missing. Oh. So, Weekly... The informant, I'm just going to keep reminding you who that guy is, later pleaded guilty in court, testified against Zelensky to avoid the death penalty, and he was able to ask for a reduction of his life prison sentence because of his cooperation. So, like, he did get something in exchange for this information, you know? Right. So, since the story about Michael and Tammy turned out to be true, though, it gave credibility to his story about Cindy's song. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, he was telling the truth about this. He said that they, he killed them. And they found them. So, yeah. I, I feel like before this, they assumed that maybe they had disappeared on purpose because right. he's about to be sentenced, yes. you know? Yeah. So I don't even know if anybody was trying to find the murder. But he also gave his dad a bunch of money for safekeeping. Wouldn't your dad be like, um, what's going on? Or was his dad? Like, it may have been one of this. Well, it may be one of those things that like, because I'm going to be sentenced, can you yeah. hold this till I get out of yeah. jail? And since Michael Krakowski is dead, <laughs> no one can confirm Paul's story. Oh. There are some problems. With Paul's story. Okay. So, Zelensky's lawyers, of course, deny that he had any knowledge of Cindy Song. And they provided witness statements that said he was hundreds of miles away from the assumed site of Song's abduction, and his alibi seemed watertight. Hmm. And the murders that Zelensky is linked to, like, they all seem to have some sort of, like, financial angle. Like, he's not a good dude, obviously. Right. Terrible person. Done a lot of bad things. He's in jail for a reason. But 
It's just like Cindy wouldn't really fit the profile of his known victims. On the other hand, if they thought she was a prostitute and he was the kind of person who kills people right. easily, he may have just been like, this I'm is what it. I feel like doing. Yeah. 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 I have, I don't care about human life. Yeah. No one's going to notice somebody. If she's a prostitute, her. you know, and this makes me mad, but if she's a prostitute, oh, they're yeah. probably people not going to investigate yeah, it too much. People think that no one cares about. Yeah. It won't even be a big news story. Hugo claims. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Paul claimed that that's too many, too many. So names. many names. Paul, the informant claimed that Selensky murdered Krakowski because of those bunny ears. But it looks like the killing was motivated by money, like $60,000. Yes, he went after his dad. Yeah. But also, was that just like a bonus? Yeah. Or maybe he was mad about the bunny ears, but also the money was the real. It could right. all be the same, I guess. Or maybe the guy was like, hey, don't kill me. I've got all this money. You can have it. Yeah, because it did say when they were beating him with a rolling pin, he told them where to find the hidden. Yeah, man. Weekly did say that he had tipped Zelensky off about the stash of money and received a cut of the money after he helped mm. murder. So, because because Paul the informant was involved in the murder of Krakowski and his girlfriend. Jeez. Investigators decided to look further into their informant, Paul Weekly, and a search of his computer found that he had downloaded several articles about Cindy Song. And they wondered, like, maybe he's been studying the details of her murder so that he could offer mm-hmm. false evidence to get a reduced sentence. Like, he's gaming the system, basically. Right. Or, maybe, <laughs> oh, right. he's the one that killed her. Yes. So he's... He's like, oh, but I can pawn it off on this guy. Exactly. This guy like, he already so knows... He can't say anything about it. He already knows that Hugo yep. has these dead bodies. Yep. So it's like a... Hugo was probably so wild that he... Could have been like, I don't know. There could have been a chick there. I don't he could know. have had a prostitute that night. I don't know. It's just such a coincidence, though. You know? Yes. But still, the whole thing is just... even if It's a mess. It's also, if they're the ones who did kill her, it's still a yeah. coincidence that they happen to drive by at the moment that she's walking to that... Right. You know? So it's a coincidence either way. Hugo Solinsky was found guilty of murdering Mike Krakowski and his girlfriend back in 2015. He's now serving a life sentence in prison and is still considered a lead suspect in Cindy's disappearance. When I was doing my research, I found this article that is just from last week where Hugo Solinsky is trying to appeal saying that his trial counsel was ineffective and he's trying to appeal a sentence. He blames his double life sentence on an incompetent defense because his chosen attorney was removed from the case. She was removed from, I think it's a she, it's Shelly. Shelly Santini was removed from the case because she was charged with witness intimidation for allegedly trying to silence witnesses. That's a garbage lawyer. Well, <laughs> the next sentence. She was later cleared the charges. So maybe she's not a garbage maybe lawyer. Maybe she's not, but maybe she did. <laughs> uh, we don't know. But she did not return to Solinsky's defense team. So he ended up with attorneys he didn't want. And he said they were ineffective because they didn't adequately question witnesses and they didn't call them. I feel like testify. a lot of cases here lately are going after that. Yeah. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, I didn't have effective counsel. Like you didn't do a good enough job because yeah. I was convicted. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe you were convicted because you, yeah. you didn't. Like I need somebody back. Their bodies were found on your property. On your property. <laughs> so dead bodies. Twelve. Prosecutors denied that his defense was ineffective. They argue his appeal is based on quotation marks. An ambiguous list of names from which Selinsky has obtained unidentified and unsupported information. The judge is going to hear his testimony at a later date before ruling, but mm-hmm. he's previously lost an appeal and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court refused to hear his case. Basically, we still don't know what happened to Cindy. Jeez. Paul's story makes a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. because I fully, like, I am with it from the moment. <laughs> I'm with it. Like, We're here. I'm there for the moment she gets dropped off, goes yes. inside, takes the stuff off. Yes. It's probably like, I need Mountain Dew. I'm going yeah. to go down to the 
today. I've got to go get some pickle flavored chips. Absolutely. It's yeah. the middle of the night. I've been yeah. playing video games. Going to the gas station. All of that totally lines up to me. Yeah. But then we know she never made it to the gas station. Right. So like on that walk, on the side of the road, somebody snatched her up. That sounds like it. So it could be Paul or it, it could be Hugo and Michael. But I, right. I just think that's what happened. Yeah. You know, that's what makes sense to me. It's just I, they've never found her body. That's so crazy. I hate the ones that disappear and you never, you just never get that closure. Is that, what's her name? Maura Murray. Was that the case? Oh, man. The Maura Murray case. Is that the one where she's driving and gets into an accident? Have I told you my conspiracy on that? Please do. Oh, my God. (laughs) I Listen, the Maura Murray case, I think, is the case that got me into true crime back like 20 years ago. That case, I will gobble up every bit of information I can find about it. Okay. I, I I love, hate it. Yes. Okay. So you know how like she was in military stuff and she was kicked out for like stealing something like super simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she was, she overheard something or was a part of something that had to put her in the witness protection program. So it made it look like she was murdered or abducted or something. So now she's just like. Because of her military connections. So now she's out being somebody else. That's my that's my theory. <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about that for a long time. I mean, this the whole thing. It, it's wild, and the way that her I don't know. Have you heard the interviews that her sister has done? Yes, I love her. Yeah, like she seems so great. Yeah, and if you go on witness protection, does your family not know either? No, I don't. I don't think oh. so. I don't know. I mean, I unless there's like sightings of her up in Canada and stuff like that. Too, yeah, which is just like. And then they got to move her. But where the heck does she go? Like, I can't. Maybe one day we'll... I always hate doing... I've I've always, with this podcast, in the whole, what, five episodes... Five years that we've done this. (laughs) I've I've always, like, I don't want to do a case that's been done a million times. It's so covered. But still, it's so good. But I love it. And we have our own versions of things. It's such a... I don't know. Just one of those cases that you can roll over in your head a million times. Oh, yeah. And I'll be convinced one day that she was murdered. Then I'll be convinced the other next day that she ran away on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because it's just the fact that she's never turned up anywhere mm-hmm. is bizarre. Yes. And she disappeared in like a three-minute period. It oh, makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Okay. It's wild. Okay. That's another soapbox. Story. All right. You're welcome. So now, quick ad break, and then we'll do Kara's story. Yes. Yay. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so handy. Right. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally 
curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is intense. It's wild. Like I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay. So it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. Do you mind if I eat cookies while we do this? No. (laughs) No, all the cookies. Kara surprised me with birthday cookies, you guys, because my birthday was Saturday. Yeah, so everybody, you're going to be listening to this episode, and then you can hop over to Meccan's Instagram Mm -hmm. and wish her a happy birthday. (laughs) Wouldn't that be so thoughtful? (laughs) It's so thoughtful and unexpected. (laughs) But Megan loves to be celebrated, so please do it. This is correct. This is a true thing. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we're here for the next part of our Halloween double feature. Yep, it's a it's a spooky one. It's Kara's turn. It's my turn. If you hear me crunching, it's just, it's just, just cookies. Cookie crumbles. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, have you ever heard of the Skinwalker Ranch? Briefly. <laughs> I think I've listened to like one podcast episode about it before. Okay, so there is a documentary on it. I've watched it, except the last episode won't play. I can never get it to play, and I'm like... Did the government put something on this to what? where they can't play it? What? Um, maybe I shouldn't eat this cookie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fine. I'm great at this. Um, <laughs> what do you watch the documentary on? Is it like Netflix? I think or? it's a History Channel. I think they have documentaries on their actual like app. I have a smart TV. So, so it just does the thing. The government probably for sure record uh, controls the History Channel, don't you? Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to touch on a little bit about what a skinwalker is, a little bit on the timeline, and then I'm going to dive into what Andrew Adams at KSL TV says about the ranch. 
Okay, so this says, so what exactly is a skinwalker? It's based on Navajo culture and beliefs about evil deeds and how that they can take form of shape-shifting witches. One legend says that the Ute tribe was cursed by the Navajos and the skinwalkers are known to inhabit an area near the ranch that bears their name. So is it like a shapeshifter? Yes. So these, the Ute tribe believes that the skinwalkers can shift into like werewolf-like figures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other things in here kind of touch on that too. The old owners of the property used to see werewolf-like creatures attacking their cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they shot at them several times. Nothing ever happened to them. It's kind of like the little green men on my one yeah. episode. So the Kentucky <laughs> Goblins are also, also skinwalkers. Utah skinwalkers <laughs> sound far more terrifying than yes. a Kentucky Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so some people believe that there are portals in the area that connect to other places, possibly other times. Physical walls, we understand, sometimes seem to be in flux in the Skinwalker Ranch. And kind of intelligence holds sway over what we're allowed to see and understand. Okay, pause for a second. Yep. What are your feelings? What are your thoughts on, um, like, different dimensions of time and portals and all of that? I for sure think they exist. Me too. Okay, good. I mean, who's who's surprised? Raise your hand if you're surprised. Nobody over here. But I totally feel like there are almost an infinite number of timelines. Yeah. And you're living in all of them. You yeah. Know what I mean, like we're just aware of the one we're in. Exactly. But then there's another Megan in another timeline somewhere yeah. doing other things. Yeah. And uh, we just hope they're good deeds because yeah, we don't want to pay for them now. If that Correct. Was <laughs> but it's like. What is it, the Kennedy shooting where that little babushka lady mm-hmm. is seen? There's time traveler. I can't remember the details of that. I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I can't. But like, I feel like there's with several different things like that. Or, you know, the thing where um, people are like the Berenstain Bears. Uh-huh. You heard about this? Uh-huh. Where they're like, it's it was not spelled or pronounced <laughs> that way when I was a kid. And yeah. now it is. And they yeah. think that's weird. Yeah. And the Sinbad movie. Yes. It's just, I think there's so much we don't know. And I'm not even going to pretend like I know a whole lot about physics anyway, but like, yeah, there's so much that we still don't know about that. And it just fascinates oh, yeah. me to think about. I love thinking about timelines and portals and when people, you like know, like the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Yeah. And when people just disappear and fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. There's always a part of me that's like, did they slip into a different dimension? Maybe? Yeah. Where'd they go? Are they coming back? Or? Mm. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to eat more cookie. Sidebar. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, so I got a lot of my information off of the History Channel, off of ThoughtCatalog.com, and then also the Skinwalker Ranch has a website. It's mm. kind of so for the amount of money. I mean, no, I'm not knocking you all. Don't come after me with all your money and your attorneys. But for the amount of money that they have, you would think their website would be a they little... They can't sue us for not liking their website. <laughs> their website would be a little neater than it is. Yeah. It's just a does little Does it look wild. like an old GeoCities? It does. Like, it just... With, like, the thing that, call, you know, when you move your cursor and it's like a trail oh of stars God. or something. It's like a trail of aliens <laughs> in the galaxy. <laughs> little skinwalkers. Shape-shifting as you scroll. <laughs> now it's a wolf. Now it's a witch. Now it's an alien. <laughs> now it's the old owners of the property. <laughs> 
Man. Like okay. a black background with neon text. I'm like, no, that really is what it's like. I don't think it's black. I think it's white, but it's really got like a lot of neon and then like a lot of just weird font. Some people just- think when it comes to design, any sort of graphic design, that, that more is better. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I like the muted tones. Never underestimate the value of white space. Right. It's okay. great. Go ahead. Okay. So here's kind of like a little timeline that I found on thoughtcatalog.com. Skinwalker Ranch, also called the Sherman Ranch or UFO Ranch, is a large property near near the small town of Ballard, Utah. It's almost 500 acres in size. It borders Mm. the Ute Indian Reservation. The Utes will not enter the area known as the Skinwalker Ranch because they believe it is fertile territory for skinwalkers, which I, you know, are the shapeshifters. Yeah. The Utes take this very seriously. They think that the skinwalkers are powerful spirits. God, I can't talk today. Powerful (laughs) spirits that are here because of a curse that was put on them. Generations ago by the Navajos, and the center for the whole legend is this ranch. Mm. The Utes say that the ranch is the path of the skinwalker. Tribe members are strictly forbidden from setting foot on the property. It's been that way for a very long time. So the Ute tribe won't go near it? Nope. Interesting. Yeah. But it's not them that place the curse. Right. Okay. Navajos. Got it. Beginning in the 1950s, the area around Skinwalker Ranch has been a hotbed of UFO activity. Okay, so if you watch the documentary, you're going to see all sorts of stuff. And you're like, okay, is this a hoax? Like, Mm -hmm. what are they doing? But I think it's real. Yeah. I mean, they have military, like, ex-military people out there. They have, like, all this funding from the government to research UFO stuff. And, you know, it came out recently that they did announce that UFOs are legit. And so I'm trying to think of my geography. Utah. New Mexico, mm-hmm. um, Area 51. Area 51, and the Roswell incident in New uh-huh. Mexico. Like, there's so much, like, the whole... It's a hotbed. Yeah. There's a reason. <sighs> in 1994, Skinwalker Ranch became well-known when Terry and Gwen Sherman mm-hmm. um, and their children purchased a property only to be driven away from the home after two years of increasingly terrifying paranormal events. Mm-hmm. When the family moved in... This is creepy to me. They found deadbolts on doors and windows that puzzled them. Some of the doors and windows had deadbolts on both the inside and the outside. They also found large chains outside that looked like they may have been for the purpose of restraining a heavy animal. Mm. (laughs) That would be so creepy to move into a house that has locks on, like, the outside of bedroom doors or something, you know, like, they'll lock you in. Uh, When we moved into our house... The locks were on the outsides of the doors. Why? So we found out we were having a birthday party for my oldest daughter a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And this little girl showed up with her grandma dropping her off. And the grandma was like, can I come in for a minute? And I said, um, sure. <laughs> what? Sure. And she said, I just want to wander around. I was like, no, you know, the dogs are upstairs. Let's not bother them. They're big. They'll just run the kids over. Yeah. It's fine. And she was like, well, I used to live here. Oh, she's the one that put the locks on the door like that. Like our realtor told us that she was crazy and would do that to punish the children. <laughs> she would lock them in their rooms. Yes, it's like their timeout. Oh my god, <laughs> I'd be terrified that something would happen. Yeah, like what if you lock your kids in your room in their room and then you had a heart attack or something? You know exactly. what I mean? Like they can get out. Or there was a fire. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or is the window broke and they fell out of it? Or yeah, I can, I can think of every single oh, possible bad thing that would happen. Same. Somebody yeah. sneaks in their window and steals them. <gasps> <gasps> okay, okay. Let's not, let's not do that, guys. 
not going there. While they lived on the ranch, the family experienced multiple cattle mutilations, crop circles, hearing voices calling from nowhere, inanimate objects moving before their eyes, UFOs, and seeing strange birds and other animals on the property. How long did they live there? It says only two years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I don't know if I'd make it that long. I don't think I'd make it that long. Just hearing hearing the voices calling into nowhere would be like, and I'm out. (laughs) See you, bye. How'd you know my name? (laughs) I've only been here for two years. (laughs) We're not that popular. Okay, so it says where I was talking about them shooting at the wolves. It says, in one instance, the family saw a wolf attacking one of their cattle. They shot the wolf multiple times with a handgun, and the wolf did not react to the gunshots at all and appeared unharmed while it continued to attack it. Eventually, after being shot six times, the wolf ran off and eventually vanished. Poor cow. Uh, in another instance, the family saw their field lit up as if by football stadium lights. They saw a UFO larger than two football fields and apparent alien figures over seven feet tall. Oh, these, you know, are those are not just my goblins. No. no, I mean, they could be. Maybe are all are. Kentucky people short? Are, are, is our growth stunted <laughs> for a reason? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, Abraham Lincoln was born in Kentucky. Oh, true. He was very tall. Yeah. Okay. Every Kentuckian listening to this just got all indignant. Real, real I'm not big. short. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm from Kentucky. I'm 5'5". Five, 5'7". Five. Five, <laughs> I'm not little. Mm-mm. Okay. So they saw UFO larger than two football fields. In two years, the family lost 20% of their herd of cattle due to mutilation. Ooh. In 1996, the family vacated their home. So Robert Bigelow bought the property in 96 uh, for $200,000 and made it the home of Paranormal Research Group, the National Institute for the Discovery of Science, which operated until 2004. The Discovery of Science. Yeah. <laughs> discovery I say, I science. discovered this. Yeah. <laughs> science? Yep, that was me. Yeah, I found it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, guys. Here's the science. Here we are. Then the organization is later replaced by the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced space studies (laughs) what is the most pretentious thing we could call this no let's go with that it gets better i discovered science yes in 2007 a secret unclassified government program the advanced aviation threat identification program t-a-a-t-i-p yep i was also doing that i was trying to figure out what it would be so much began investigating ufos the program had a 22 million dollar budget over Robert Bigelow, and he received much of that money. $22 million? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so what we've got here is the Sherman family who moved in and with their cattle. Yeah. And they had, they saw this wolf attacking their uh, cattle. They saw... Seven-foot aliens. And their two-football field-sized UFO, UFO lit up like a football field. Football field in their far- fields. Yeah. And they lost 20% of their cattle to mutilation. In two years. That's a lot if you have a big herd. Yeah. 500 acres. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm caught up. Okay. So, this is an article by Andrew Adams at KSL TV in October 26, 2020. Okay. So, not that long ago. So, it says, Ballard, Utah, regulars maintain someone can spend weeks at Skinwalker Ranch and nothing bad, odd, or unusual will happen. And then... Everything happens. <laughs> that's weird, too. Yes. So it's not like it's always happening. Yeah. I guess maybe that's how they lasted two years in the first place. 
That's true. So the guy Bigelow that bought it and took it over, he uh-huh. he bought it knowing what it was yes. and like wanting it to be. Yeah, back. he wants to research everything and discover science. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah, he he knows he's the discoverer. He's the of father of science. science. <laughs> he is Lord Science. Is what we'll call him. What year was it? I want to be like, sir. Someone already did that, <laughs> sir. We're alive because of science. Yeah. Science is real. We already knew it. <laughs> I mean, most of us already know it. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Okay. So he goes on to say, you get the sense that you shouldn't be here. Sometimes the hair will stand up on the back of your, or stand up on your arms. Thomas Winterton is the ranch superintendent. He said, I've had a feeling of dread or terror come over me and I can't get off the ranch fast enough. I would do that to myself. He's the caretaker of the ranch. I would be like, and every day he's like, no, 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 no. I could Are easily talk myself into feeling dread and fear and be like, something's in this room. And I, can't I can't take it. But especially if I lived on a place called Skinwalker. Says the girl that went to Waverly pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was so angry and hormonal. Nothing was going to scare me. Well, that's what's getting you. Nothing was scarier than I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Winterton go on, goes on to say the feelings roll in like a thunderstorm. Um, and it often precedes mysterious events. And like I said, it's on the History Channel. There's 10 episodes. Go watch it. See how you feel about it. But it says poltergeist activity, UFO sightings, cattle mutilations, bizarre injuries, transient radiation spikes, um, anomalies, audio phenomena. They all have all been reported and documented over the decades. And they're documented in the History Channel documentary so you can see them and hear them Uh uh-huh yeah so this guy winterton he's had some situations like he was like i was a skeptic when i got here i just you know took this job and then he said one of the big things on the ranch is you don't dig they don't know why they've just always like through history it's always been said just don't dig on the ranch like, weird stuff's going to happen if you dig. He's like, screw it. I've got to dig. Yeah. I'm the ranch superintendent. i got stuff to do. That's also the quickest way. Like, if, if you were like, Megan, you can't dig there, I'd be like, <laughs> where's my shovel? <laughs> okay. <Hi>. Don't watch. <laughs> Turn around. I'm getting some samples. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to dig here, but you can just leave me alone with this shovel. And definitely. And just using your hands. Like, yeah. digging at the ground. <laughs> I really hate. When someone Looking tells me your shoulder. They're like, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Tell me that again. <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Exactly. So he said he dug and then he had a mysterious bump develop on his head pretty rapidly. And over the course of a few days, his scalp completely separated from his skull. No. It shows the x-rays and ultra everything. It was disgusting. Disgusting. This poor guy. What does like, that mean when your scalp <coughs> separates from your skull? Like, As I choke on my own. Skin. Did it split open or did it just lift up away? Lifted from up away from it. What was like? It was an egg-shaped knot. They don't know what. Like it. It was, also it was an alien growing in his head. Okay, no, this. So I watched, I watched this with my dad. My dad loves all conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. His is that the aliens implanted a chip in his skull. And they couldn't detect it in all the ultrasounds. Because it was alien. Uh huh. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I like your dad's theory. Yep, I like it. Let's go with it. Um, Did it go away? Well, okay. It does. You can keep going. Sorry. He comes, I don't know that. He comes back to work. So in the documentary, he comes back to work and like they hire this guy to come in. I think he was like ex military or something. To come in and help them do investigations. And he's like, look, I'm just here to figure out what's going on. Like, 
true or not true. I'm just here to see what's happening. So they start doing some night research. Mm-hmm. And the guy starts feeling real dizzy, real faint. They start seeing like these crazy UFO lights. Lights, power, everything goes out. And all of a sudden he has to sit down and his head's hurting again. Mm. So it's like, are they, did they put a beacon in you? Yeah. And they're using you to like call on other things? Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> okay. So it says the shadow of the skinwalker is loomed over the property dating back to a curse apparently placed by lands ago. Uh, by the Native American tribe, the shaman cursed the grounds with a dom- demonic being that can take the form of people, wolf, coyote, crow, or human. Okay. I see crows often. I mean, there's skinwalkers in <laughs> my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and coyotes. The other day, I was talking to Brittany. The other day, so you know how, like, ravens are associated with, like, the fae or whatever? Like, the, if, the, if ravens are around, they are too. Mm-hmm. You just can't see them mm-hmm. unless they want to be seen. We touched them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day I was driving and there's a puddle of water. And these giant-ass ravens are hopping up and down in the puddle. And there's something splashing next to them. But you can't see it. <gasps> I was like, what are y'all doing playing over oh, here? that's weird. It's kind of cool. But then I called Will and I was like, um, I'm going to drive in the opposite direction now. (laughs) So these accounts date back to the early 1800s. So in 1996, Terry and Gwen Sherman told the Desert News about the host of activities on their property. They struggled to explain, you know, all those, all the things from the timeline. They said, for a long time, we wondered what we were seeing, if it was something to do with top secret projects. Uh, they don't really know what to think about it. So it's like they're sitting here thinking, okay, well, is the military doing like all these experiments and they're just not telling us they're doing this on our property? And maybe they have some sort of underground laboratory mm-hmm. or something but that's the because that's the other thing it's it's like okay it's either Dexter's laboratory some supernatural <laughs> creature brought on by an ancient yes. Native American curse yeah. or it's the government mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I yes. can believe I could easily believe either one of those equally because our government there's so much they do that we don't know too oh yeah things that we will never know oh god yeah so um, the new owner said what really interested me in the property was the conversation I had with certain scientists that appro- approached me in 2015. They said there is high strangeness, um, higher than anything else being reported in the country at the time. So here's a, little, here's a little picture of him just cheesing by one of the buildings that's on his property. I like the high strangeness. Yeah. I'd put that on a shirt. Let's put that on a shirt. New merch. One day when we have merch, it's going to be like, yeah. we're going to have shirts that say, you know. High strangeness and courage. He assembled um, a team of scientists, investigators, in the hopes of bringing to light answers about the unexplained unexplained events that had had, that had been taking place on the 512 acre ranch. So it was 500 acres. Now it's 512. Well. We gained 12 acres. That's fine. So it says, over four years, we've recorded phenomenon that really defies all natural explanation. Numerous cameras, sensors now monitor the property 24-7 as the different field experts get a handle on transient radiation and radio frequency that have been detected. Oh, so that's fascinating. I see. I don't know. So they have cameras out there that will... Like, they've got night vision on them. They detect certain lights. They can hear certain frequencies. That's the thing. Like, picking up different radio frequencies and different radiation levels. Like, that's... Yes. So, there are these houses on the property. 
that um, in the documentary they go by and a lot of the activity happens around these houses. And are they like this what kind of house? Are they like old dilapidated? Like forever, ever, oh, ever God, old. So the owner, like, bear, like he will spend any kind of money on his people out there working. So he got them these watches that will track radiation. I think the kind that they have, like, in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, there's any high frequencies of it, they're going to know. So the new guy that they had come in, they were wandering around and someone was like, hey, don't lift the top of this, like, cistern up. There was a person out here years ago that was, like, looking in it. And they couldn't find him after a while. And he was just, like, standing, staring off into space. He didn't know how long he had been staring. Holy crap. They didn't know what had happened. So he was like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. I'm just going to look down in there. Well, he opens it. And all of a sudden, he just starts getting dizzy and doesn't feel well. So then they look at his watch. And he had, like, severe exposure to radiation. I'm like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. So my theory is... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And this is all from underground, right? Yes. Okay. So this is near the cliff that everybody starts having issues at. And there's like a couple of like underground like tunnels that you can get in. What if there's a UFO in the ground? Mm -hmm. Either it crashed or they put it there on purpose. Mm -hmm. And they're using that to like pinpoint certain signals or to communicate they have to have something on earth in the ground like a satellite yeah for them yeah Yeah. i don't know i mean it makes as much sense (laughs) as anything else you know yes yes okay so multiple people um that ksl interviewed spoke of a possible hitchhiker effect in which those who visited stayed and even researched at the ranch experienced phenomena that ill effects after they returned home Oh, it did say it was transient mm-hmm. radiation levels, right? So yes. it's like if the radiation levels aren't always high in the same place as I guess is that what that means? Yeah. yeah. Weird. It says there's definitely an intelligence that exists on the property that is interacting with those that come and go. Reporter Andrew Adams and photographer Megan Thackeray traveled to Skinwalker Ranch together after interviews for this story to see what might take place. They had been cautioned that it was very possible nothing would happen, um, which is very common. However, quickly proved to be anything but the usual. Oh, good. It was, <laughs> wasn't long after the crew had made it through the front gate, which was guarded and armed by head security. Wait for his nickname. Dragon. <laughs> the head of security? His nickname is Dragon. I go by Dragon. <laughs> yep. Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, what's his real name? Uh, it's Bryant Arnold. Well, <laughs> how they got Dragon. That makes it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Super Bland Name. You can call me Dragon. Dragon. Let's go on a date. <laughs> Dragon. My clothes just fell off. <laughs> okay. What are your babies? <laughs> okay, so it said that it started with a simple malfunction of their GoPro that was operating as their secondary camera, and they call it the it was inside the ranch's nerve center. The device suddenly would not connect to the smartphone and it was controlling it, which was in Thackeray's hands just feet away. One of the more common things we experience is a malfunction or shutdown of our equipment. Bard quickly chimed. Some gear, he noted, had sustained permanent damage while at the ranch. Hmm. In the documentary, too, like people will be 
most of the time, the security guys uh-huh. will be dragging something. Dragging it. Yeah. There's another one. I can't remember. They don't Wolf. show him often. Yeah, we'll call him that. But what they're found. Lizard. Chupacabra. <laughs> Chupy. Okay. Chups. Um, but their iPhones will just start, like, freaking out and dialing, like, random numbers and recording videos and taking pictures and just malfunctioning like crazy. I mean, the... If it's aliens, they could have arrived there yeah. in the 1800s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they could. And so, it's almost like the Native American legend part of it right, can still tie in. To the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think back to the 1800s, nobody would have had any... Con- like, right now, with all the technology we have, yeah. we can sort of be like, oh, aliens. But in the 1800s, they would have had any concept of right. that. They would have no frame right. of reference. So, they would have had to have explained it with supernatural stuff yes i'm leaning towards aliens yeah i like that a lot or government government aliens it's government conspiracy aliens working for the government i don't even know about that like i don't actually shapeshifters <laughs> government shapeshifters <laughs> okay guys <laughs> government shapeshifters shapeshifters but like i get that the government has to have secret laboratories because they have to keep some secrets they have to yes. they have nothing to do with aliens it yeah. could just be with like weapons or whatever yeah. research because i understand that that's a thing. So when they like went back and researched what happened to their equipment, it was from high um, magnetic interference. I wonder what would happen to me if I went out there. It would no, mess, I, like, mess everything up. Sure. I would like mess the aliens up. <laughs> you guys don't know this, but Kara and electronics do not go well. We don't. At all. In a weird, weird way. Very weird. She breaks all her watches. She messes up all her phones. She messes up her car. Microwave. <laughs> Can't wear metals. It's weird. The people that own the ranch, um, they there were no animals when this guy took over. Mm-hmm. Like the people took their cattle with their less than good twenty twenty percent, the eighty percent of the yeah. cattle. Yeah, they recently decided to bring some cattle onto the property. They were like, "Oh, let's see if this like stirs up the land. See if more activity starts happening." Mm-hmm. And it did. They have those cameras all over. Yeah. And they have, like, two doctors, I guess, that are living on the property. And they watch the animals. So they were out driving, and one was, like, laying on the ground, and the rest of the herd is, like, forever away in fields they've never been in, Mm -hmm. like, freaking out. And this one was dead. And there was, like, high electromagnetic frequencies all around the cattle. They pull the video, and it's looking up, struggling, looking up, and there's a UFO above it. Oh. And then they have a vet come in and, like, cut open the cow to see what happened to it. Stress-induced pneumonia. He said it could have set in within hours. Weird. Yeah. Is that on the documentary? Yeah. the videos? Yeah. And then they bring two llamas in because they want (laughs) to see what exotic animals do to the property. Mm -hmm. And a wolf-like creature attacks one of them. The creature is the thing that throws me off. Yeah. I'm sure there are wolves in Utah. I'm sure there are, too. But it didn't... It, I don't know. They keep referring to it as if it couldn't possibly be a normal wolf. So that's why I'm like... Yeah. I'm sure somewhere it tells us why. They're sure it's, it's got to be some, some sort of supernatural yeah. wolf. Maybe it's the size or... Yeah. I feel like... Um, so the... I was remembering the podcast I listened to about this is called Supernatural. Uh-huh. It's one of Ashley Flowers' oh, yeah. podcasts. It's really good. And she she has one that's called... Skinwalker Ranch, and she goes into depth pretty much into the Sherman stuff. I, I think all the rest of the stuff that happens after the Sherman family moves mm-hmm. out is 
not covered as in depth. I can't remember really, but um, it seems like they just like sensed a sort of intelligence in the yes. wolf, like the way the wolf would watch them. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's, so maybe that's where the whole, but that, that part is messing with me. It's like, I can sort of explain away all of it. Even the, even the deaths of the cattle could be the high radiation. Right. Or, or yeah, the radioactive stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, that can really mess. If it messes with humans, it messes with animals. Yeah. So I get that. But the whole sighting of the creatures. Yeah. Thing is, and the fact that the native Americans won't step foot on the yeah. property. And I believe them. Oh yeah. Over anything else. Yeah. You know? Like they know more about the land. Yeah. Okay, so what's your theory on it? I think that there's UFOs. I think there's aliens. Or it could be that there are old, like, nuclear bomb testing sites, and that's what all the frequencies are from. Mm. But also, how do you explain the craziness happening unless it is, like, those crazy fish in the rivers in Chernobyl that are yeah. changing the it's animals? It's still changed by that. I mean, and that's like possible. Like on steroids. I don't know. What do you think? I feel. I feel like I've shouted out. Like nobody's every ever been abducted one. on this property. This guy could have been probed. We don't know. Well, I'm trying to <laughs> have think. You see that Saturday Night Live yes. episode with Ryan Gosling? Yes, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. <laughs> Look that up if you've never seen it. Yes, Ryan Gosling do. SNL alien abduction. Yes, it's amazing. It's on YouTube. Um, I think it makes sense also that if it is some sort of government testing site. If they're, if the government, if it's not alien related, I guess is what I'm trying to get uh-huh. here. There has to be something else the government is even less okay with us knowing about. So they're right. willing to be like, sure, we'll say it's aliens because we'd rather think that yeah. and you really know what it is. So the nuclear thing kind of makes me wonder about that too. Oh, yeah. But um, um, I mostly believe that it's aliens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Happy day before Halloween, everybody. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, I hope I know everybody's it's a weird Halloween with all the COVID stuff going on, but hopefully you find a way to enjoy it. Time sets back. You all get an oh extra my hour. Gosh, go get some sleep. Get an extra hour to celebrate my birthday. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it's about. Just watch an extra documentary. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Feel yeah. free to go give us a follow on wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. All the places. Um, Leave us a review. Yeah. Tell your friends about it. Tell us. your friends about it. Subscribe. You can go follow us on Instagram at Witches Magic Murder Mystery. I'm so proud of you. I know. <laughs> Without even thinking about it. That's the thing. I think if I overthink it, I won't yeah, say don't, it right. Don't. I'm uh, at, at Oak and Maine. And I'm Megan underscore Whitmer. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, we've mentioned this, but it's been a while, so we talked about it. Right. If you have any local, like Kentucky, anything specifically, I'd like Kentucky. But yeah, even if you don't, if it's not Kentucky, I'm always interested yeah. in like good, weird Witchy, stories. Folklore. Yeah. You can email us at witchesmagicmurdermystery at gmail.com because I'm really looking for specifically what I want right now are yeah. Kentucky witch stories. Oh, yeah. But um kentucky ghost stories kentucky murder right. stories Hauntings. whatever yeah and like i said even if you're not from kentucky i'd still love to hear whatever random story you have it doesn't have to be like a 30 minute story it can just be like some weird thing you yeah. know about that happened maybe I, we'll do an episode if we get have several little stories saying. yeah yeah because i just love 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 that yeah stuff. that would be fun okay thanks guys all right see ya bye